Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm happy to have you all here listening because I have a great guest here. Jim Van Allen is a communication whiz. We are going to talk all about communication and why it is so key to your children and your family that you all learn how to communicate intentionally, calmly, and actually looking at each other with like eye contact and and seeing each other's faces and not just if your child's upstairs, you send them a text to come down for dinner. You actually go up there and get them or you have them come down at a certain time. So you spend a lot more time face-to-face speech and talking and communicating than all this electronic communicating. So welcome, 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 Jim. I'm excited to have you here and tell us all who you are and about your family too. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. My name is Jim Van Allen, and I live in South Florida with my wife, Stephanie, and our two boys. They are six and four, so we are right in the middle of good old-fashioned real parenting, right? That young, impressionable, fun age. So we're having a blast being parents for sure. Uh, In addition to being a dad and a husband, I run a podcast called Communicate to Motivate, where we focus on, of course, communication skills. And I also teach communication uh, with Kaiser University. I teach fully online. So I teach business communication, public speaking, everybody's favorite class, and interpersonal communication. Uh, So in addition to that, I'm a professional speaker. So I do trainings all over the country for schools and for clients uh, with my my partnership with author John Gordon, who's written 25 different books. So John and I are really good friends and and we do a lot of work together. So uh, I'm glad to be here and, and look forward to interacting with you all in your audience. I love it. And I'm super grateful for you being here as well, because I, I'm really, uh, well, you know, I'm on a mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids, mainly because it's so damaging to them. So I'm always one to really talk about and help parents with being intentional with the way they speak and calm, the calm that they give out to their children. Because of course, as we know, stress breeds stress, chaos breeds chaos, calm breeds more calm. So when being the parent, when you are more intentionally calm with your responses, the way you speak, you smile, when you talk, you use your manners, all those things will show children how they should be speaking in return. And in this world of technology, 
there it's it's a big problem as kids get older they don't even know how to communicate in the workplace they have difficulty in school talking to teachers because they're not used to that so can you talk a little bit on that and uh that intentional face-to-face communication sure of course well you know as you know and your listeners know communication really is generational and that's what people tend to overlook we take it for granted right we take it for granted that we're just able to learn how to communicate well how did you learn how to communicate well from your parents from the people that are in your 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 child's lives you know from from friends and family and things like that they're always watching they're always taking everything in and i mean how many times have you sat there and said oh my gosh that's something my mother would have said or my dad would have said and you just said it or you just did it you know and even even you know years two three decades later here i'm sitting here saying wow what i just said or did was something my dad or mom said or did and you know you may not have thought about it for years and then it kind of comes up when you have kids so they're always watching those styles because you know their world is very small uh, there our kids world is very very small uh, and and what who's in their world is is really important who they're you know who you let ride their bus right and who's who you let interact with them as well as how you're responding and reacting to them as well. Uh, that, that's something that we got to kind of keep in mind is we need to uh, stop taking communication for granted. And really with the, you know, you talked about the intentional practice with it and we can get in more, more into this, but that is a, intentional communication is a really hard skill because it is, it is so easy sometimes to just either go with the flow or not want to not want to put in the effort. I mean, the amount of effort it takes to really be a good communicator is substantial. But if you're looking at a pie chart of your life and, and your time where you're spending on things in your life, that would be an area I would actually put very high because it impacts all the other areas. You know, if you have good intentional communication with your with your kids, odds are you're going to have it with your your significant other. You're going to have it with your friends and with people you come into contact with on a, on a daily basis. I, I like to think of my communication as being the same no matter where I go, kids, family, friends, church, wherever I am, I want to be a good intentional communicator in all those spots. And it takes a lot of intentionality and it takes a lot of work. But the way I look at it is it's, it's worth it. And that's something that I want to pass on to my children. Because if communication is indeed generational, right, then it, we're all about leaving a legacy as a parent, you know, a, a legacy on when I'm gone or when I'm old and gray, right? I want you to be able to flourish better than I did. You know, we always want the next generation to be better than us. And, you know, we can't just kind of keep doing the same things. Well, I got to do this just because my mom and dad did this and they did this. Well, let's stop for a second. When you're intentional, you're, you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about why you're doing something, how you're doing it. And you can break free from certain generational curses, which could be poor, limited, uh, meaningless communication. So it's it's really important, right? I can't overstate that. It is, it is. And you know, that's you know why my tagline in Pumped Up Parenting is because we're raising adults, not children. These are they're already kids. What you do every day, the behavior you do, what you say, and, and communication itself, understand that you know 80% and this is very general it even breaks down finer than this but about 80% of communication is nonverbal 
It's the tone of your voice. It's how you say it. Only 20%, that small little percentage is what you're actually saying. So to be intentional is to be intentional with the way you say things, how you say things, you know, the tone of your voice. Parents are always like, oh, so I, I can't ever yell at my kids or I can't be firm. You can absolutely be firm. There's nothing wrong with being firm to get a point across. But if you're yelling and screaming, you're not getting anything across. And they're shutting down and they're not listening to you or you're making them so afraid that they're listening to you out of fear. And it is very important, like you said, if those things that happened in your past, if you look back and you go, you know what? I don't want to do that with my kids. I really don't want to talk that way or I don't want to act that way or I don't want to label my kids like my parents labeled me. That's when you have to be intentional to change that. And of course, you can change it. You get help to change it. But that's where you really have to look at yourself, your past and say, this generational cycle that's going on right now, is this dysfunctional or is it functional? And what can I do to change it for my kids who are going to be the next generation? And will they be great or will they need to recover? No, you're right. And the issue comes when you have parents that don't know they're stuck in the loop, the generational loop. They don't realize it because nobody's ever sort of unlocked this to them. But I would, I would just encourage all of your listeners to have an honest conversation with your significant other tonight and say, Hey, how, how are your, like, how are you raised? Like, what did your, what did your mom and dad do when you got in trouble or this or that? And are we doing that or did that? Cause there's some things that our parents did that worked and worked really well. And there's other things where I'm like, not that one, not so much. I'm going to go the other direction on that one. You know, so it's, it's taking the time to have those conversations and to have those thoughts. And, you know, parents sometimes say, well, I can barely breathe, right? I have to work and cook and clean and raise my kids and all this and while that's true, like I said, once again, go back to the pie chart. Where are you allocating time to? And maybe this would be a spot every once in a while you can go back to and say, let's have a conversation about how we are communicating with our children or how did that go? And you don't have to listen. You don't have to analyze every single interaction you have with your kids. You'll drive yourself nuts. And I'm not advocating for that. But in a general big picture sense, look for patterns, right? man, I, I really have been yelling in the last, the last summer. Well, why? Well, they've been home a lot, right? Okay. And now what you can think about what triggered the, what are my trigger points? You know, go back to those trigger points. I know I have trigger points. We all have trigger points as parents. You know, when my kids start to not listen and I have to repeat myself two, three, four times when they're sitting right there and they haven't put their shoes on yet, that can be a trigger point, right? But instead of yelling and then throwing the shoe or getting and then, then getting scared because of that, well, analyze a trigger point and realize that you are an adult. <laughs> and, you know, how would you, what happened, in, what happens in the real world if you, if your triggers got hit and you started just yelling at work or yelling in the community, like, why should our kids be any different? So uh, there are other ways to make a point. And, and that's something I know my wife and I, and especially myself are, actively working on, you know, is, is, is not, uh, not overreacting, uh, but, but not, not trying not to yell. I don't like to yell, you know, unless he's beating up his brother and he's like on top of him swinging or, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, but if there are other things, you know, getting onto their level 
um, physically, space, crouching down, engaging in touch, explaining the, be the behavior you want to see, but doing it not in a lovey-dovey kind of, but doing it in that assertive, um, confident way where it's not yelling, that, that's, that's where we're on that nonverbal spectrum that we kind of got, we're, we're addressing here. And, and remember, kids, especially you know, when they're babies, nonverbals are, are all they've had. They were not verbal you know, for the first, you know, intelligently verbal you know, for the first year or so of their lives. So you're talking about coos and grunts and then cries and touch and eye contact, which is all nonverbal. And that's what their strongest uh, trait is as a child are the nonverbals, their expressions, their mannerisms. And they tune into that more with adults. That's how they learn, right, to who they can trust. And, and, and do you mean what you say and, and expressing love? They, don't, they may not get what love means on a grand scale, but they get it when you hold them or you when you spend time with them. So those nonverbals are really paramount in the relationship between a child and a parent. Uh, it's just, we get going on this automatic cycle. You know, the brain works in two ways. You have the, the automatic, like just breathing and everyday stuff. Then you have like the, the intentional where it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's specific thought. It's you're working, you're writing something, you're creating something, you're accessing that intentional part of the brain. So nonverbals and communication sometimes goes on the automatic side of the brain. We're not even thinking about it. Right. So the more you tend to bring it back to the intentional, bring it back to the conscious in the heat of the moment, and that takes some training, you'll be much better off, but you have to catch yourself and you have to watch your triggers, especially. Absolutely. And you have to be proactive with those triggers. You know, one of the things I teach parents in my goal to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids is what to do when you keep asking them over, over and over again, because when I ask parents, why do you yell? I get two answers. One is that generational thing, that answer that I honestly don't know any other way. And that is a generational cycle. The second is I ask them over and over again. I start out very nice and then they don't listen until I yell. And the problem with that is you're asking them over and over and over again that you're actually teaching them to wait until you yell because you keep asking them and you don't follow through with any kind of action after the first or second time that you are asking them. So the asking needs to stop. So FYI, Jim, stop asking. But yes, that's that true. That's time. very true. <laughs> and I've, I've caught myself. I'm like, hey, can you go and take your shoes off? Then I'm going to be like, wait a second, son, you need to go and take your shoes off. Like I've, I've right. even caught myself in the middle of it being like, no, 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 I'm not. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a request. It's not a, a, oh, you can, or you can't. And I, so I've caught myself in the middle where I'm like, hold on a second. Actually, you need to go right. Do this <laughs> right now. Thank you. You know, so I've done that as well. And, and like I said, we're all works in progress, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Ask on a negotiable, not a non-negotiable. Yes. <laughs> you don't ask them when it's non-negotiable. If, if no is not an option, don't give them an option of no. Exactly. Because they'll take it every single day. Exactly. So, you know, and if you guys are having problems, you know, here I am. Reach out. That's <laughs> what I Absolutely. do. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the coaching is here. Right. But uh, I wanted to also touch on 
the way when you had mentioned about the way you communicate to your partner and helping your kids to communicate to other human beings, regardless of their size, whether they're a child, whether they're an adult, you give your kids permission to do whatever you do. So if you're calling your partner names or you're yelling or you're cussing, you give your children permission to behave that way. Whatever you do, you give them permission to do good or bad. Now, I remember when my son was in seventh grade and I was bringing my stepson in for school for a meeting and she stopped me and she said, you're Kyle Harris's mom. And I said, yes. And she goes, I have to tell you in 20 years of being a secretary in schools, I have never met a kinder, funnier, just happier guy to be around. And he talks to everyone and it doesn't matter if they're a child or they're an adult. He is as comfortable with one as the other. And I thought that was such a nice compliment. And it's because we raised our children that way. You know, we didn't give them, oh, here's a person that you can be rude to. So often parents allow children to be rude to an adult. You know, they allow them to be rude to, to themselves. If you allow a child to be rude to you, they're, you're giving them permission to be rude to anybody. You have to teach that respect. And the wonderful thing about being intentional with the way you communicate is it not just communicates the message, it communicates respect. And respect is built. Your children do not have to automatically respect you. I'm sorry to say, if you disrespect them, right. there is no reason in the world they have to respect you. They may listen to you, they may be afraid of you, but they don't have to respect you. With that intentional communication, you build respect between each of you. Oh, that's a great point. And, and it's something that parents probably think that the respect thing is, is built in, but, um, and you want it, you want that to be done the right way. And you want that to be done with a positive relationship form between the parent and the child and just be, and, and communication is the, is the tool to do that. So, you know, respect from your kids involves showing them what that looks like and showing them what a healthy relationship looks like. And, you know, and it's that, that, that fine line we walk between when we need to discipline and then when we need to love them and when we need to love them right afterward, right? You can, you can discipline them and explain what's going on. And then, you know, you say, give me a hug. Let's talk about this. And, and we don't hold grudges, right? We, 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 we forgive as we go. And that, that takes good communication to do that. And, and I think our kids will respect us more because of that, because we can hold them accountable, but we can love them at the same time. And it's that nice spectrum there, right? There's that spectrum. You got love on one side, you got accountability on the other side. Where do you fall, right? Are you too much on one side? Are you too lovey-dovey, too trying to be too much of their friends? And, or are you trying to be, are you way on the other side where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm too much of a disciplinarian. I hold them accountable way too much. And I'm not, I'm not loving on them. I'm not building that that, that, uh, that, that kinder, gentler aspect of the relationship as well. So, and we tend to float between the two of them, but our, you know, it's, that's where situational communication will come into play. There's going to be times where you need to hold them accountable, but then you can jump right back to the love side as too. same thing with loving them, you know, and when you can do both of them, you know, you, you now have that, you've had that license as a parent to, to really, um, 
teach a lesson and to hold them accountable. You, you have that license when you can kind of float between the love and accountability spectrum with, with your kids and with your communication, because both sides are going to require different styles of, of, of tone and of, of mannerisms from a nonverbal standpoint. And, and situational communication is, is going to be needed depending on where you are and what, what happens in, inside that relationship. So that spectrum is always really important to watch out for. Um, as a parent. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the whole love aspect. Keep in mind, guys, that your kids need to know that you love them regardless of how they're behaving. So even if you're having a little issue, you know, a child's testing your limits and, you know, or maybe your child broke out into a tantrum. When all that is said and done, make sure you are hugging that child and telling mm -hmm. them how much you love them because they have a real need to know that your love is not connected to their behavior. Keep in mind, as I always say on the majority of my podcast, to remind you guys to clarify that the human brain does not develop until you're 25 years old. So when you think of the brain of your toddler or your teenager, it is an underdeveloped brain. It's full of emotion. They, they were born with emotions. They've got those emotions, but they don't know what to do with them. And if you can't handle your emotions, if you fly off of the handle easily because your child disappoints you, that's what you're teaching them to do. So it's very important to really examine, like you said, the triggers, examine how you say things, learn to smile when you talk. That's a great gift to give your children. If you're listening to me, you are not seeing me smile, but I bet you know I'm smiling. Because if I talk like this, I sound completely different. Or you've talked to a customer service representative who is grouchy and moody and you're like, you need a new job. This is not the job for you. Because they're not smiling, you can always hear a smile. And it's important for you to give that gift to your children. So Jim, I wanted to talk a little bit about electronics because kids are on them all the time. <laughs> and like we have brought up before, Older kids, they're busy texting or emailing and things are always read in a manner that they're not intended because, you know, they're not being over. Like when I text or I do a comment or I email, I'm overly polite. I'm using emojis. So they always know the intention of my message. Can you talk a little bit about that and how we help the communication aspect of technology days? Yeah, of course. And that's, that's something that we need, our parents listening need to be really, really aware of is how much time your kids are spending with the electronics, because, you know, what, what we're noticing is that um, it's starting to, our, our older kids, especially are starting to attach their emotional recovery to a phone or some type of technology device. And why is that? Well, because 10 years ago, you know, our teenagers 10 years ago now, you know, they were, they were, if they were crying in a store or crying at the restaurant or acting, whatever the case is, they, a tablet or something was stuck in their face and they were using that to calm down and to do something with, and, you know, it's replacing parenting. So now, of course, our, our, our older kids, even, you know, 12 to 18 or so, even older than that are now turning to the phones and stuff to, to mitigate their emotions and to put stuff out on social media and to use the phone, right. As a, as a comfort device, almost like a pacifier, 
right? You know, to it like a, a toddler. You're, and we do this too as adults, right? You get, you know, stressed out. You want to scroll sometimes when you, when in reality, the scrolling is really not doing anything. But whatever the case is, the student, the kids are developing these neural pathways that equates a phone or a tablet or something technology, technology to comfort because that's what has been built up in their head from a young age. Remember, our kids have start with a blank slate and then they start developing these neural pathways very, very quickly, especially in the first five, six years. Um, you know, they always talk about limiting, you know, not letting your child watch TV. I've heard various stuff, John Medina, all these different guys talking about maybe not till they're two years old. Don't introduce technology till they're TV till two. You've heard different things because the brain is developing at such a rapid rate that it'll start attaching meaning to technology. And we kind of want to hold that off as long as possible. So just something to be aware of that it's, you know, it, it's, it's normal to teach your kids when you go out to a restaurant, you go out to eat, that we talk at the dinner table. And may, call me stuck in the 50s, but you know what? Guess what my family does in 2021? We talk at the dinner table. Okay, we go out, to, we take our kids out to eat. Now, we don't go to fine dining restaurants with my six and four year old where decorum is, you know, is, uh, is the norm. We go to, you know, some places that are a little bit more casual. So we pick, you pick your spots, okay, where they're, if they're going to be a little, noisy, it's okay, uh, you know, and nothing too crazy, but just, you know, kids. But we do that because, so you know your limits there, and we don't, we don't allow the phone, we don't allow the tablets, like they get very limited time with that. To them, it is a, it is a treat of treats. It is not a right. Uh, they, you know, they, they get it in the morning when they wake up until we cut, you know what I'm saying? When we get up to go to school, they get it for like 30 minutes, like that's it really. Unless we're driving to grandma's house or going on the airplane, like it's very limited. Uh, we, we just, you know, my wife and I just have, we're not giant technology people. So once again, generational, right? And we equate time spent to like, hey, let's, let's do a board game. Let's go for a bike ride. Let's go for a walk. Not 100% of the time, of course, but that's how we show love. And what I love about my kids is that if they were watching a show during their quote chill time, and I got done at work early and I'm like, hey, Brady, let's go. My, my, my oldest will play chess. He's six years old. and he, He's really good, by the way. And I'll be like, hey, dude, you, let's go play chess. He'll want to turn the TV off and go play a game. Like if I'm like, hey, boys, let's go shoot some hoops. They want to do that instead of they won't fight you on it. It's like it's not a battle to get them away from the TV. If I'm offering my wife's offering to spend time with them because we've built that habit. It's not the other way around. We have built the habit of we talk to each other. We spend time with each other. That's how we show love. And you'll get your chill tablet TV time every once in a while, but it's going to be a very limited time. And you're it's, and it's not, it's definitely not a right. Uh, so we've just built that inside of them. So anytime you can pick up the phone to call somebody, do it. Anytime you can go face to face, do it. Uh, but the beautiful thing of communication is that, you know, there's time and place for everything. So there are going to be certain moments where a text is the best course of action. Uh, other moments where you need to send the email. Other moments where you need to go, like, you just need to be able to pick that spot. But always try to err on the face-to-face -face or the, the, the verb, the phone call first. Because those two ways will limit the void. Where there's a void in communication, negativity will fill it. Which we've seen with, that's why we have so many emojis now and gifts 
and memes and all these fun theatrics because what are they trying to do replace emotion or exactly. they're at least trying to they're trying to put the emotion out there versus if i just pick up the phone it's going to save me you know it's going to save me a couple of emojis and it's going to save me 30 minutes so that's exactly. just something to be aware of very aware of exactly and you know you you talked about uh that whole electronic connection have people i have parents all the time saying well the only way my child will eat is if they have a tablet in front of them which i hate to tell you parents but they want your attention they want your conversation they will take it over a tablet anytime but if you're just going about your business and you're not talking to them yeah they're sitting by themselves at the table. They're not eating. And maybe because no one's interacting with them. You need to show them. You know, I grew up in the late 50s, 60s, early 70s. That was my childhood. And my biggest memory is, well, I have a lot of memories, but my most fun family memory is our trips from Maryland to Florida in a car where we sang songs and we played games and we did all, there was no technology. You know, we're lucky to have a radio. We had a radio, but we're lucky to have a radio. But those can still be, you know, I always think one of the worst things that happened in cars is the video monitor that got put into cars. So there's no conversation. So now even in a closed environment, your child can watch a TV and you do not have to interact with your child. And it's terrible. Turn those things off half times the technology-free zones. Having a captive audience in a car is some of the great conversations that opportunities for conversations that you can have with your teenager. You know, I with my son, my daughter would laugh every time my son and I got in a car in his teenagers because she would always be like, you know what you're going to talk about, don't you? <laughs> it's the SEX thing you're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> because I have a captive audience. Right. I could ask exactly. him anything about his girlfriend, exactly. what's going on. You exactly. know, it's just me and him. These are golden times, conversations around the dinner table. Just talking, you don't know what to talk about. Everybody talks about their day. Everybody talks about one thing they learned new today, what they're grateful for. There's all kinds of things you can do to start conversation. The key is to start conversation. We do roses and thorns every single night. And we've done that for, I mean, since my son was, you know, a year and a half, two years old. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, give me a rose, give me a thorn. And then he added, what's the silly part? Like we've been doing that for years. And it's just, it, it's a conversation starter. And it just puts everything out on the table. And it lets us talk about challenging situations. Let's us talk, let's us celebrate things that are going on. And so that's been important in our lives. And, you know, you mentioned the car and stuff, you know, what we, we, we learned uh, from one of our small groups with our church that some, one of the speakers is talking about letting your kids be bored is okay. You know, if they have to sit, it's in the car, great. It's not right. just okay. It's great. It's exactly. a given. If they got to sit in the car and count the light poles or, or make a, make a game about something going around or, or watch just watching the world or creating storylines around them. Like that's okay because they don't always have to be stimulated. And that's what I, you know, that's what technology does is it overstimulates us. Right. 
and, and it's not your job yeah. to entertain your children 24 7. exactly and they and there are some times where they need to and it's good for them on their their own development to say go take these sheets and go do something with them go build a fort and talk and then you i listen and there and his brother and him are just talking and laughing and creating stuff the whole time that's communication, right? They're learning how to work together and then have fun with it because you've been given, you've given them that opportunity to, to do that much more than just them sitting in front of the TV for three hours, right? Where they're not talking at all. So time and exactly. place for sure, but communication is, is, is the language of love and it's something we should all be speaking for sure. Exactly. And a lot of the technology just separates everyone. Everyone's on their phones. Nobody's talking to each other. Everybody's just doing whatever. No. And there's no family connection. And, you know, and not that video games are a bad thing. They're, you know, they're not the worst things in the world. My son played his whole life, grew up, got a degree in video gaming, worked for a big video game company, married his wife that also works for the video game company. Awesome. <laughs> they live happily ever after in their little video game paradise. Right. <laughs> However, it is not the end all to end all. And it is not your 24 hour routine. That is the same child that I told you about earlier that could speak and feel comfortable with adults and children, even though he was a gamer, literally right. his entire life. Right. He still felt comfortable communicating because it was not 24 hours a day. He had to do other things like go outside and play and talk and cook dinner and and help and do his homework and, you know, other things. You know, it it is not all technology and you are doing your children a disservice if that is all you're giving them. If you're not giving them a chance to connect, to feel a part of a bigger picture than themselves. Teenagers, when you ask teenagers why I'm no longer connected to my family, they're going to say, because no one cares about what I have to say. Nobody values anything I have to say. Nobody thinks what I have to say is important. So I just don't talk to anybody. And when you connect with your children and you constantly feed conversation and ask them questions, which is like the gateway to conversation. Hey, parents, just want to take a break from this podcast and ask you, are you tired of feeling like a bad parent and second guessing yourself all the time? Are you wondering how you can start becoming proactive instead of reactive so you're not yelling but calmly communicating to your kids? Overwhelmed with sorting through the myriad of parenting information that's out there and ready to set up a system that works for you now and in the future? How about instead we put a proven plan in place that will create more cooperation, more listening, more happiness in your home without all the drama. You can do it. Become a member of my Tranquility Tribe and start feeling confident and hopeful again. After all, we're raising adults, not children. And don't your kids deserve the best? So just go to mytranquilitytribe.com and let's get started on your vision today they will always feel connected to you. They will always feel bond. When teenager land comes, which it will, and aliens come and take your children away in eighth grade, yeah. which I tell everybody right. be prepared for. Right. Some come back early, some don't come back for a long time. They will know where they belong. They will know that this family is where they belong. So communicate intentionally.
That's so true. And, and just find parents, find stuff that you can do together, right? You want them connected better to the family and connected better to you. Find stuff that you enjoy doing as well with them. And then try to indulge in their world too. But most importantly though, like try to find something that you have a shared connection with. You know, it's much, it's, it's always fun to play with your kids, but it's more fun to do something you both enjoy doing. Right. You both share that common language and that common belief about. So that's something that you both can kind of. So what is that one? Is it fishing? Is it gaming? Is it, is it cooking? Is what is it? You know, you'll find it. You're a parent, you know, just, you'll find it. And then and then you'll have a much stronger connection when you both enjoy the, the time spent together. Then it's really special. Exactly. And if they really love something, then ask them to teach you. Kids love yeah, right. to teach at all ages. I used to sit there when my son was on the video game and I used to sit on the bed and I'd ask him why he likes this game. How can you teach me how to play this game? He's still not a big fan of me playing video games because I'm not so good at it. But, you know, he appreciated the fact that I took an interest in him. I wasn't only making him take an interest in what I wanted. I took an interest in his interests. And you may find some connection, read a book together, you know, start a family book club. You got older kids, everybody reads a book and then you talk about it. There are all these great things you can do that do not involve an electronic device that so often separates instead of unites. So, Jim, my dear, it is what we've been hanging out for a while now. <laughs> I try to keep to 20 minutes, but I really don't think any of my podcasts are. 20 minutes. Oh, that's OK. <laughs> I've enjoyed talking. <laughs> How can people reach out to you? I know you mentioned your podcast. I'd like you to mention it again. And what are the best ways for them to learn more about you so they can learn more about their intentional communication that they do with their family and other people? Of course, uh, my they they're they are welcome. You're welcome to search for my podcast on all the platforms. It's called Communicate to Motivate. You can find that anywhere. New episodes are released every single Monday. And we do, uh, I do a lot of um, solo episodes, bring on the guests every once in a while, but 15, 20 minutes long. We really take the topic of communication and break it down into many different areas of life and how it can apply to that area if you really work on it. So that's a big part of what I do. And I enjoy, I enjoy doing Communicate to Motivate very much. So uh, you can also find me online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Jim Van Allen, V-A-N-A-L-L-A-N. And I'm always posting some uh, interesting content there and trying to engage with as many people as I can. But I've enjoyed this conversation very, very much. I have really enjoyed this conversation with you as well. I'm grateful for you being there. As always, guys, I will put links into the description of the podcast so that you can easily reach out to Jim. Obviously, he has a ton of experience. I know we all want to feel better about the way we speak to our children, the way we connect to our children, and you do that so much through communication, verbal and nonverbal. And the more intentional you get, the better you get at it. Practice with your partner. If you have a partner, the better your children will get at their own communication. So really be intentional. Well, Jim, before we leave and sign off, are there any last words of wisdom that you would like to offer our audience? I would say learn how your child best likes to be communicated. 
meaning you know do they like you know is it is it acts of service is it time spent with them is it a little gift but whatever that is find out how they best like to be communicated and and pull on that thread and you know you can't communicate with somebody unless you know how they want to be communicated with right what's that love language what's that communication style they most gravitate towards and and you'll be better connected because of it I love that. That is great advice and great advice from adult to adult as well. Well, thank you for being here. I really appreciate having you and grateful that you decided to come on. And for all our listeners out there, as always, guys, connect to me, reach out. If you need some help, go to talkwithcelia.com and let's spend an hour communicating with each other. In the meantime, I wish you days filled with peace, love, and tons of laughter. Laugh, guys. It really is the best medicine. Stuff is funny. And nothing is funnier than your kids. So laugh with them a lot. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.